everyone, and welcome back to Irish on Tap, a podcast about the Notre Dame Fighting Irish presented to you by the On Tap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300. Today, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Brian Mishler and Ethan Wiles, and we are going to break down perhaps the Notre Dame regular season matchup of all of our lifetimes. Definitely the matchup of this podcast since its inception. Let me check in with my co-hosts, see how they're doing, then we'll get right into the matchup with Clemson this weekend. Brian, how are you, brother? I'm doing well. Like I said last podcast, it's Clemson week. It's a good good day to be an Irish fan. There, it's a top five matchup. I mean, you got nothing to be, you got nothing else to be, but to be excited about being a Notre Dame fan this week. And Ethan, how about you, brother? Yeah, I'm doing good. Obviously, it's a huge matchup this weekend. Huge game for Notre Dame. Huge playoff implications. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of big opportunities for this team on Saturday. And if they are able to get their job done, uh, I think they're going to uh, walk away victorious. Yeah, and at the end of the day, it comes down to execution. Brian Kelly talked about it in his press conference earlier in the week when he met with the media. Uh, I'm sure, I know, Ethan, you were able to tune in for a little bit of it. I caught, I don't remember exactly where I started at, but I caught certain glimpses of it. And Brian, I know you were paying attention to it. Do you guys have any big takeaways from the press conference that Brian Kelly had earlier in the week with the media? I believe it was on Monday. I thought um, Brian Kelly actually had an interesting attitude. Normally, he doesn't really say much or provide any like conjecture or like attitude during. He's normally pretty plain, but he he looked like he was a little bit on edge, got a little smug and nasty to certain types of questions. Which honestly, I like. I mean, he talked about Notre Dame only I think believing being 29 and three in the last 32 games on how they fared ever since the 2018 college football playoff. And then, I don't know, I, I just thought he, he seemed a little bit more pissed off than usual, which is probably a good thing, trying to send his team a message. So I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, I didn't really see much of it, but I did enjoy the quote that he uh, he had about uh, the, the talent gap between Clemson and Notre Dame the last time they played in the college football playoff. And I tweeted it out, too. I was like, it's about time that somebody says it outside of just a normal fan like it's about time that somebody acknowledges the fact that Clemson was just a super team that year and Notre Dame just couldn't stand up to it yeah he talked about how everybody talks about the talent gap from Notre Dame but then doesn't talk about it to Bama and like obviously I'm glad you brought that up Ethan because I had had some thoughts about that like obviously Bama has performed at a higher level than Notre Dame in the last five years that's not what we're saying but to say that Notre Dame had a lack of talent in 2018, and then to not also say that Bama did in that specific year is just inconsistent because it was basically the same margin of error. And Notre Dame, I mean, defensively, I thought was better played be- better than Bama did because Julian Love went down, and then so did Lohe Gailman. At that point, they were kind of screwed. But I thought Notre Dame's defense was as good as anybody in the country that year. But we all know where their offense is. But I agree that it's the the lack of consistency with talking about the talent gap and the coaching gap is bullshit. I mean, Brian Kelly is a top five college football coach in or top five coach in college football as far as I'm concerned. And I don't think he's ever really out coached on the sidelines. Yeah, and I think that's ultimately what it comes down to. A lot of people in Irish nation are very critical of Brian Kelly, very critical of Ian Book and you know, it's not as, as much people of our age, people that haven't really seen Notre Dame do much, but disappoint, I guess you would say. So if anyone should really be pissed at Notre Dame, it should be people our age. We have literally seen no championship. I wasn't even a thought in my parents' brain the last time Notre Dame won. But the way you look at the last time we played this team, I mean, 
it's the same song and dance that we've had in years past in this exact spot where the offense comes out slow. The defense can only bend for so long. Eventually, they're going to break. When you play a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence, which unfortunately we're not playing him on Saturday, we're playing against DJ. Uh, we're just going to go ukulele because I cannot get his name right at this point. And again, another t- five-star quarterback, top-flight recruit, someone that we should definitely not be taking lightly. But at the end of the day, this Notre Dame team cannot afford to have any drives in the beginning of that game where we're going three and out or having turnovers or we're just not able to move the ball. We need to be able to keep up with the pace of Clemson, albeit I think our defense is superior to Clemson's. And I will die on that hill. People can call me crazy all, all you want, but this is a top five defensive unit in the nation And this is the ultimate difference maker in this game. The one matchup that we talked about earlier in the week is that matchup between Travis Etienne and Jeremiah Owosu-Koromoa. And this is the final, I guess you would say, piece of the puzzle for the entire world to figure out who Jeremiah Owosu-Koromoa is. Because there's a lot of ND bias in giving credit to quality players because they do play at Notre Dame until they get in the draft. And they're scoring three touchdowns, four touchdowns for your favorite NFL team. And then you finally give them the respect they deserve. Nah, screw all that. Jeremiah Owosu-Koromoa is the X factor this weekend. And I think he ultimately holds Travis Etienne to one of his worst games in college football. Yeah, and I want to touch on your point about Notre Dame being a top five defense. I think they have, I think they honestly might be the best defense in the country. I understand they haven't really played that great of teams, but I mean, I don't, most teams haven't played that great of teams. I get people, I feel like there haven't really been any team in or any top team in the country that's really had a tough or brutal schedule thus far. I want to run through some facts. Notre Dame is fourth in the country in points per game at 10.3, eighth in rushing yards per game, ninth in passing yards per game, and fourth in third down conversion percentage. And if you want to put that together, that means their balance is shit. They don't have a weakness. They're good on the passing game. They're good on the running game. And on third down, they shut the door. So, I mean, obviously, they're facing weapons all over the field, even without Trevor Lawrence. They got to slow down DJ, I assume he has a cannon. The biggest thing that I think, I don't think Notre Dame is going to struggle at the point of attack against Clemson, I worry about the speed on the outside that they have not seen that is even close up to what Clemson is going to show on Saturday. Get like deep balls, DJ being able to place it. I mean, Trevor Lawrence would obviously place it wherever he wants, but DJ's probably got a cannon of an arm. I don't know. I haven't really seen him play, but I assume so if he was a five-star recruit. So I'm worried about a little bit about the secondary. I guess worried not isn't the right word, but I think if Notre Dame does struggle in their defense, it'll be from bombs downfield and having to to cover those elite wide that the speed on the wide receiver on the outside yeah I kind of agree with that I think the run game is obviously going to be the focus for Clemson now um I I can actually pronounce it DJ Uyunglele is he has an arm he has an arm he showed that last week against Boston College he showed that you know he can step in, in a big time role and get a, a, a W when it's needed so I think the talent is there I agree with you, Brian. I think that the passing game worries me a little bit. I think that Notre Dame's defense is going to focus on that run game a little too much. It might burn them on a few occasions with some play action, but ultimately I agree with you. This defense is top-notch. This is top five, top three defense, and I really do think this game is going to be a lot more competitive than the last couple of matchups between those two teams. Yeah, and at the end of the day, too, DJ can tuck it and run. He's averaging four yards per carry with a long of a 30-yarder. He has three three rushing touchdowns in his short time playing this season. Travis Etienne 
Brian Kelly even talked about it, is arguably the best running back in the nation. Like I said earlier in the week, he's one of the fastest people, and he gets up to speed fast. He's like a, he's like a sports car that gets 0 to 60 in like three seconds. Like the guy can just flat out burn. He's got a long of 72 yards this year. He's got 606 yards, and he's averaging 5.9 yards a pop. He's found the end zone nine times already. But another player that we really should be watching out for this weekend is the receiver Amari Rogers. Obviously Clemson always has as far back as DeAndre Hopkins, like they have had a, an elite number one receiver. You think of guys like DeAndre Hopkins, you think of Mike Williams, you think of all these guys over the course of the last few years, uh, T Higgins, that are just absolute burners. And the speed that Brian talks about, that speed that Clemson just possesses over the rest of the nation is something that we have to keep at bay. And the two guys that they're really going to have to not let beat them are Travis Etienne and Amari Rogers. Those are their, those are their two studs. Yeah. I mean, 100% agree. And it's NFL talent that this Notre Dame defense has not seen so far this year. I mean, that's just a fact. And it'll be interesting to see if Notre Dame or Clemson for that matter, because Clemson hasn't seen the type of dudes that Notre Dame has either. It'll be interesting to see which team can adjust to the speed of the opposition faster. Because, I mean, this game's going to be close. I mean, with Trevor Lawrence, obviously people were predicting a blowout. Without him, I don't imagine any scenario in which Notre Dame gets blown out. That'd be an absolute catastrophe if they did. I would say if there's one thing that this defense needs to improve at, it's it's getting to the QB, rushing the passer. I mean, we all know they lost Khalid Kareem and Julian Aquara last season. That was arguably the best edge rushing, pass rushing tandem in college football. So it's obvious that this team is going through a little bit of a learning curve. Dalen Hayes has been a beast, although I don't think he's as good of a pass rusher as those two guys last year. So I do think getting to the QB is something that this defensive line really needs to do with their four down linemen because that would make or force DJ to make some quick decisions, and it would potentially allow guys like Kyle Hamilton, even Awusa Karmar, he's shown some ability in the passing game to jump routes. And I do think Notre Dame's going to have to win the turnover margin to win this game. I think that's going to be huge, because when you have a bunch, two different teams that are pretty even in terms of talent, and I mean, Clemson has more talent. So, I mean, when you're in the talent deficit, you have to win the turnover battle. I think they got to get at least a, in, one interception, maybe two, on Saturday to win this game. You talk about the defensive linemen being important in getting the pass rush, and I think that really this is an important game for the linebackers as well because the pass rush will mean that ETN is going to get the ball out of the backfield a lot more, and those playmakers, those guys up there will have to make plays and get up on the ball, and I think that that linebacking core is just as good as the rest of that defense is to prove that they are the number one defense in the country. Yeah, and I think that's the one thing that, like, a very important week for us on a football level. I mean, we got the NIU game tomorrow. We got a big Bears game this weekend. We got the Notre Dame game of our lifetime, like I dubbed it at the beginning of this podcast. I mean, I know it's not a playoff game or a BCS title game or anything of that nature, but just where this Notre Dame team is at, the opportunity that sits on the other side of this game, if they're able to win, because again, remember, even Brian Kelly said it. We can go out and beat Clemson, and that still doesn't mean shit. Not literally. He didn't say it like that. But you still got to go beat the rest of the teams on your schedule, and then you're going to probably have to play Clemson again. So the way that 
it has been cracked up, although this would be a huge monumental win. And I think like we talked about earlier or earlier in the week, this could be that stamp win for Ian Book. This could be that that win that flips the narrative and also too just shoots confidence into his veins going into the rest of this season, his senior season, a season that he wants to finish. Obviously, he won't get the Heisman, but at least the title. Like, he wants at least a shot at it. So this game means everything to everyone in that locker room. And and I honestly, at this point in our season, I couldn't feel more comfortable rolling into this week. But the one thing that I really want to talk about, and the one staple that's been on this Clemson team going back as far as 2015 outside of Dabo Sweeney, is defensive coordinator Brent Venables. That guy can call a hell of a game. He has exotic blitz packages. He sends pressure from every which way, and he sends pressure damn near every play. So with that being said, obviously we've talked about this offense being the best offense that Notre Dame has faced this year. On the reverse end of that spectrum, this is by far the best defense that they have faced and will probably face all year, and they have an absolute mastermind at the helm calling the game. Yeah, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head there, Brandon. I would say if there's one thing that keeps me up at night, so to speak, is that three-point joke of a performance in 2018 by this offense. And I think, I mean, you still got Ian Book at the helm. He still has his same physical limitations. He's obviously a better QB now in terms of not getting skittish in the pocket and, and can look downfield. But he still has the same physical limitations in the sense that he can't really really throw it beyond the field side dash marks, which really hinders the ceiling of an offense. And I think that it's going to be really hard for this Notre Dame offense to score in the thirties. And I think that's the, I mean, we have the elite defense. That's why we can win. But I think if this Notre Dame offense wants to score in the mid twenties or so, I think they need to take some shots deep. Cause if you remember in 2018, I don't know if it was Ian Book's lack of confidence in himself or it was Chip Long's lack of and Brian Kelly not having the confidence in Ian Book to take shots deep. But they were running that damn West Coast offense all day. They didn't take any shots deep. Clemson loaded the box up and just completely mauled Notre Dame at the line of scrimmage because it doesn't matter how good of an O-line you have. When seven guys are in the box, you're not going to run the damn ball. So I understand that Notre Dame has the identity of dictating tempo, handing it off 25 times a game. But if they don't make Clemson's defense respect Ian Book's ability to throw it downfield, Clemson will do the exact same thing as in 2018. They'll they'll just load the box, man up on their perimeter, and just stop the run. And Notre Dame won't score points. So I think we need to see Tommy Reese and Brian Kelly open up the playbook and throw the damn ball downfield because – In the BC game, that's exactly what Boston College did in the first half to the tune of 28 points. So that's what Notre Dame needs to do, break it out out a little bit. I'm not saying they should throw the ball 45 times a game, but they just need it to do it enough so Clemson respects the deep ball ability. And then all of a sudden the box opens up, and now you can get back to handing it off to Kyron Williams. So they need to just make Clemson respect Ian Book's deep ball ability is what I'm getting at. I'm glad you mentioned Tommy Reese because this – not only is Ian Book's biggest game of his career, but this is Tommy Reese's biggest game of arguably his football career. I can't think of a game that he played in at Notre Dame that is bigger than this game. I don't think other than the bowl game is his biggest game of his coaching career at Notre Dame. So this by far is everything that he's worked for up until this moment. I mean, everything that he's done goes into Saturday. And I think the trials, the errors, and everything that has worked so far, it needs to be in play on Saturday. And we need to figure out what 
is going to work to beat this football team. I agree that the run game is not going to get it done. Ian Book needs to find a way if he's, you know, getting out of the pocket to use his feet. We talked about it last week. He's been able, he's been better at being able to do that. He's going to need to do it this weekend against a really good Clemson defense. And Brett Venables is a coach that arguably can go and take over a program. So I agree with that take. I think he's a great defensive coach. I think he's going to be a, a solid head coach at a program. I honestly, I could see him ending up at Michigan if they end up getting rid of Harbaugh soon. So, you know, keep an eye on that. I'll take that take to the to the grave with me. But hey, it'll be an interesting matchup when Michigan comes back and Brett Venables is their coach. Brett Venables also noted nepotism guy. He's got his boys Jake and Tyler both playing on his defense. Both have about ten tackles on the season. So similar to certain other people in sports, he brought his kids with him. So you love to see that. But the guy has been successful throughout his entire time here at Clemson. And and like you guys said, someone who has been in every single running for a head coaching job and someone that is very well deserving of it. And it's because of the proof in the pudding that he has put together at Clemson that has been a top unit every year. But at the end of the day, like Notre Dame needs to stick to their strengths as much as we wanted to see them kind of hold stuff off and wait for Clemson. That's another thing that that BK talked about in the press conference. He said, I think that's absolutely stupid to have stuff in your playbook that you're not going to use or only hold for a game against Clemson. Now, on the reverse end of that spectrum, we have seen that with trick plays and other stuff like that. Those are outlier situations. There's stuff that is in that playbook that has been called week in and week out that we'll see this week, and we need to be able to do what we do best, and that's run the football. It starts up front. I don't remember exactly who said it, uh, Brian or Ethan, but if we're not able to control the line of scrimmage against a team in Clemson that will probably have more speed than us on the line, we have to use our strength, we have to use our scheme, and we have to use the experience that we have up on that brute force offensive line. That is the best line in the nation. So at the end of the day, You can even make the argument for the defensive line. The defensive line may not be the number one unit in the nation, but the defensive line has depth like no other. There are at least two or three guys at each position that can come in and contribute at the level that you need a starter to do so. I honestly like this game. It's going to keep me up all week. I know we're recording this on Tuesday a little bit earlier than we normally record. But Brian, I know you'll you'll be out there on Saturday in South Bend, you know, tailgating and stuff. Ethan. I know this game means everything to you and your family, and and I'm with you on that one, brother. we got to find a way to win a football game on Saturday. Brian, what are your keys to victory, and how do we make it happen? I would say on offense, I kind of touched on it already. I mean, understand, like you said, Notre Dame has an identity, winning the line of scrimmage. That's what they've done the last five years, and it's won them a lot of football games. But at the same time, that identity is how they gave or how they scored three points in 2018 against, I mean, this isn't as good of a Clemson defense in 2020 as it was in 2018, but still you got to be able to make Clemson respect the deep ball downfield. Ian Book's got to have confidence in his arm to be able to throw darts downfield. And if you can do that, then you open up the run game. All of a sudden, Kyron Williams is averaging four or five yards a pop against that elite offensive front line. So that's my key on offense on defense. I think I also touched on this a little bit, getting to the QB with your with your four down linemen and not having to blitz a bunch, which is big because I think Notre Dame might. I mean, Notre Dame's got a great secondary, but I think they still might be a little bit matched on the perimeter with all the Clemson speed. So I don't think manning up on the outside. I think that could be a little bit of a risky move. So get pressure on your four down linemen. You can drop some more guys back. All of a sudden, you're not in man to man situations. 
I think that's going to be big for de- defensively. I'm, I'm going to call for at least one interception by, I think that we, we need that if we're going to win this game or at least force a fumble or so. They got to win the turnover depth or turnover margin because they are in the inferior talent team. And as far as my prediction goes, I think we touched on this earlier in the week. I think this is going to be a very low scoring game. And, and that's largely to do to, for Trevor Lawrence being out coupled with Notre Dame having a stud defense and coupled with Notre Dame not really having an elite offense. I think Notre Dame wins 17-10. That's my conclusion. Go Irish. They're going to win 17-10. I really hope I'm speaking, speaking it into existence. Who do you got for players of the game? Uh, defensively, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Dalen Hayes again. I think he is establishing himself as one of the best defensive linemen in the in the in the um, all of college football. I think he's going to control that line of scrimmage or that side of the line of scrimmage where he's on. Offensively, I'm going to go with Ben Skoranek. I think he comes up with a, a couple of 50-50 balls. I think Ian Book, if he has confidence in anybody to throw it deep, it's him because I think he has the best hands of anybody on this wide receiving unit. So I'm going to go with Ben Skoranek. I think he pulls down a, a couple big catches for this Irish team. I'll keep it simple with my uh, with my keys to the game. The offense, I mean, you just got to control the ball, control the clock, move down the field and score. Like I said last week, they did a good job of that against against Georgia Tech. But if you're able to move the ball down the field, we've said Ian Book's not going to throw the ball deep. If you're able to take shots, great. But you're going to move the ball down the field with slants. You're going to move down the field with your, your out routes to the tight ends. That's how you're going to win this football game. You're going to take Clemson. You're not even going to put the offense on the field. You're not going to see ETN. You're not going to say. You're not going to see Uyunglele, whoever, whatever. You're not going to see any of them. Keep the ball. Six minute drives down the field, and as long as you capitalize on those drives, they're going to win this football game. That leads me into my offensive pick. It's not even going to be a player. It's Tommy Reese. He needs to have the game of his life. He needs to call the game of his life. Him and Ian Book now. They have to be in sync. They have to be in rhythm. This offense needs to connect this week. I think they can do that. Defensively, it's simple again. Just be the best. Be the defense you are week in and week out. You're able to win win games against opponents that we should beat. This is your statement game to go out and finally prove to the media that you are who everyone thinks you aren't, and that's a real team. I think Notre Dame's able to do it defensively. I am going to go with my guy, Nick McLeod. The last time I picked him, I called an interception. Brian, I like your take. I think the defense will force them into uh, throwing some picks. Nick McLeod's going to get the pick again this week. And I think, like Brian said, it's going to be low scoring. But I think Notre Dame wins this one 24 to 17. Yeah, and there would be nothing that I would love more than the shot Kirk Herbstreet to fuck up because we get it, dude. You played at Ohio State. You're the biggest Buckeyes guy there ever was. But after this weekend, you're going to respect this team. Brian got David Pollack to respect this team on his own Twitter. So we're 1-0 on respect this team games. Let's try and make it 2-0 this week, boys. And at the end of the day, like, we, I know I watched, I've watched a little bit more of Clemson than, than all of us have. And I, I root for chaos. I know you guys root for chaos, especially in college football. I love to see a 20 point underdog win a football game. I love to see a team that is completely discounted by all the talking heads and all the Twitter suits go out and find a way to win a football game. This Clemson team and their defense definitely can be had. They, with no disrespect to Phil Yurkovich and, and the Boston College offense, like call a spade a spade. We are a far superior offense to Boston College and the players that they have in place. So there is no reason why Notre Dame cannot get at least 28 to 31 points. And that is going to lead me to my prediction. I'm going Notre Dame 31 and it's going to sound crazy. I know you guys are going to think I'm an absolute nut for saying it, but I feel like at the end of the day, 
Notre Dame kind of to to key in on what you said, Brian, playing this game conservative and running the football and 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 chewing that clock, although it really all sounds great to me, I just don't know if that's the way to win this game. And we saw it ultimately cost Boston College last week as they were not able to score any points in the second half. So for my prediction, I got Notre Dame 31. I got Clemson 28. I got a Jonathan Dewar field goal to seal the game late, put the team on your back. That's a kid who has struggled and missed a couple kicks this year. I think it's a big moment for him to make a game-winning kick. But I do think Ian Book has the transcendent game that we've talked about on this podcast for almost two years now. I think he goes for Ethan's 303. He gets the game that he has deserved and wanted his entire career here at Notre Dame in the spot that he needs it at in order to get the respect that has been evading him over the last few years, even from our own fan base. On the defensive side of the ball, I've talked about it. This is now my third time. I'm hammering it home. Jeremiah Owosu-Koromoa is the biggest player in this game for Notre Dame. We need him to have the absolute game of a lifetime because he is covering Travis Etienne out of the backfield. He's going to be coming up on run support. We cannot let him get to the third level of that defense. And Jeremiah Wosukoromoa and those bangers at that linebacker level are a big part of that. Boys, do you have any wrap-up thoughts, any final thoughts on this Clemson matchup before we head into battle here on Saturday? I just want to say for the people who or who think Notre Dame is going to get blown out, I mean, we all know they've had a couple shares of blowouts in the past, Miami 2017. Um, Clemson 2018, and obviously last year with Michigan. But with every time they have a blowout, they've had very gut-wrenching losses to the quote-unquote college football elites. People forget that they went into Death Valley, Valley five years ago, lost by two goddamn points to a team that went 14-1 and one and was six points away from the national title. So, And they've also played Georgia twice, or close twice, and then also Florida State very close in 2014. So for every time they get blown out, they've had a gut-wrenching loss as well. And the argument that they always get blown out on the big stage is false. It's just college football media trying to force feed you the content of Notre Dame being always blown out on the big stage because everything's about absolutes nowadays. So I just think it's stupid that people aren't giving Notre Dame a shot in this game. I think there was one Twitter account that said, Notre Dame's going to lose by three plus touchdowns that I think is just ridiculous. And we're going to be, I, I predicted we're going to be the ones sitting on the right side of the end of this at, on, on Sunday after this is all said and done. So that's my concluding remarks. Go Irish. <laughs> I don't know how to follow that one up, but I think, uh, I think Notre Dame's wearing green jersey Saturday night. I don't know. I know the Irish wear green thing came out a few weeks ago, but if we're wearing green jerseys, that is all the hype in the world that this team needs. I know it's not a full capacity, but, hey, that place is going to be rocking regardless. Notre Dame's going to win this football game. I'm calling it right now. Yeah, and I'm not sure how popular we are with the student population, but if you do find yourself at Notre Dame Stadium out there on Saturday and you listen to this podcast, we are asking you to make as much noise as your voice box will tolerate without absolutely destroying it. As as many of you may know, if you listen to our other ONTAP Sportsnet podcast, Notre Dame hasn't done it to me yet, but the Bears have made me lose my voice several times this season. So remain passionate about this team. Trust the process. Trust the players that we have. Trust our coaching. We are in this game for a reason. We're in the ACC. We got a chance to win the ACC and earn a spot in the college football playoff and shut all those people up that doubt Notre Dame year in and year out. This team has the skill level. 
not necessarily to be at Clemson, but they can compete with Clemson. And as we've seen with the different chinks in their armor this year, it is possible to beat this team and they can be had. This was Irish on Tap presented to you by the On Tap Sportsnet. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at BDON300. Today I was joined by my co-host, Brian Mishler, who can be found at Brian Mishler, and my other co-host, Ethan Wiles, who can be found at Ethan underscore Wiles. Stay tuned to the Irish on Tap Twitter page. The handle is on Tap Irish. This weekend for tweets, all the pictures and videos, us recapping the game. We'll have the podcast live, I'm going to say, Sunday morning just due to the importance of this game. But we got nothing else for you guys. Irish by a fucking million and go Irish.